Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, August 7th, 5.28 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures down one and a quarter at 496. November soybeans down 26 and a half at 1306 and three quarters. December Chicago wheat up 12 at 672 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat up 10 and a half at 779 and three quarters. December spring wheat is up three at 840 and three quarters. I think the soybean market is down sharply on weather. Uh, why don't we start there? Large areas of the U.S. Corn Belt saw substantial weekend rainfall. Central Illinois, northern Indiana, Iowa, South Dakota, Missouri, and Kansas saw amounts of up to two inches or more. The forecast is wet again this morning. The 10-day Euro and GFS models offer widespread rain across larger areas of the Corn Belt and U.S. Plains. On average, over the next seven days, temperatures across most of the country will will trend below normal. These weekend rains were really good for the places that caught them. I mean, look at central Illinois. There were places that caught three or four inches of rain, and that wasn't uh, everywhere, but there were large areas that saw an inch and a half, two inches, three inches. Uh, same goes for parts of Missouri, parts of Iowa, western half of the state in particular, some of southern Minnesota, a whole bunch of South Dakota got wet. Um, southern portions of North Dakota, a lot of uh, Kansas caught some rain, Oklahoma down into, uh, say, western Kentucky, western Tennessee, places like that. So I think that these weekend rains paired with a non-threatening or call it bearish forecast, it's wet, it's uh, moderate in terms of temperatures. This is all seen as, as being a deal that will add bushels to the soybean crop or maybe just maybe a bushel to the soybean crop, which is a big deal on the balance sheets. But um, the soybean market reacting to weather in real time here, the corn market uh, or, or corn crop can certainly still be helped by August rains. July, of course, is, is the bigger month for um, corn crop potential, all that stuff. But these rains absolutely do not hurt. So the weather is seen as being a bearish input for uh, row crop prices and soybeans in particular this morning. U.S. farmland values have surged this year. USDA released its annual land values report on Friday. U.S. farm real estate averaged $4,080 per acre in 2023, up $280, or 7.4% from 2022. Cropland values averaged $5,460 per acre, up $410, or 8.1% from last year. This is pretty phenomenal stuff when you consider the uh, meteoric rise in interest rates that were able to tack on these sort of gains in 2023 versus last year, um, where you saw the biggest percentage increases would be in kind of your uh, areas outside of the Corn Belt. Uh, look at, say, Michigan in terms of cropland value, up 11.3%, up um, Wisconsin up 11.8%, Minnesota up 10%, North Dakota up 13.2% in terms of cropland values versus last year. Um, South Dakota is up almost 13%. Um, you look at Nebraska up almost 14 Kansas up 16.6%. Now your I states, your central Corn Belt states, saw the, um, uh, the smallest increases of in terms of like your corn and soybean areas on a percentage basis, but Indiana average at 8,400 an acre, Illinois average at uh, 9580 per acre. This is phenomenal stuff when you consider the environment. Uh, you've got um, certainly a lot of farmers that would like to buy more land. You've got a lot of outside money that's on the sidelines that would like to own farmland. This has been, of course, a uh, very strong asset over the years. They had this chart in here that goes back to 2009. Of course, farmland has more than doubled 
uh, cropland values since 2009. And, and really a lot of things have about doubled in that time frame. So farmland still uh, very, very sticky. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about a couple videos you put together last week? Uh, two videos late last week that I think you guys should check out. So our mailbag videos, uh, this is where I take um, questions that come in from subscribers. And a lot of them uh, revolve around grain marketing, um, capture and carry, things like that. I think we had seven or eight questions. Um, we always get really positive feedback on the mailbag videos. And then our, our newest uh, video, this is going to be a recurring theme, social media circus. Uh, we take comments. Mackenzie did this with me. I thought this was a lot of fun. It um, was. It was a blast. Yeah. So we took comments from uh, from our YouTube page, from our TikTok page, from a bunch of other places and kind of just ran through them. Uh, there was some funny stuff. There was some serious stuff. It's kind of a lighter Friday video since we do uh, so much like serious grain marketing stuff during the week. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. I'll send you over those videos. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation, nobody to try to sell you anything else. Just a ton of info direct from us, guys. It takes like one minute to sign up. You can do it on your phone or on your computer. You just need your credit card. Russia has promised retaliation for Ukrainian attacks that occurred late last week. So on Friday, Ukrainian drones struck a Russian tanker in the Black Sea near Crimea. Ukraine also attacked a major Russian port with drones on Friday. In response, Russia announced on Saturday that they would uh, retaliate. Experts believe the Ukrainian attacks will most likely increase the risk of Russian attacks on Ukrainian ports instead of put pressure on Russia to come back to the Black Sea grain deal. Okay, so they did retaliate. There was a story out yesterday or last night. Russia unleashes missile and drone strikes against Ukraine. So it's more back and forth. I think um, a lot of people thought coming into uh, today that this wheat market in particular would be acting much, much better on this news, on these escalations and, and the idea that the war has kind of made its way into Russia. But it seems like a non-starter for the moment. I don't know what it's going to take, but uh, this is not enough because the wheat market in general acted poorly last week. And you've got just a marginal rebound in price action here this morning. Large money managers trimmed their net long position in the corn market last week. CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday during the week ending August 1st. The funds were net sellers of 12,000 contracts of corn. They were net sellers of 22,000 contracts of soybeans. And they were also net sellers of 15,000 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. You probably saw some more selling late last week. So the CFTC data is always accurate as of Tuesday, but we don't get it till Friday after the close. At Friday's close, the private groups estimating that funds were probably flat corn to maybe just marginally long, uh, still net long about 85,000 contracts of soybeans, still net short about 70,000 contracts of SRW wheat. So kind of a mixed bag here, certainly. To boost supplies and control prices, India is considering reducing or removing a 40% import tax on wheat. The country may also lower the limit on the amount of wheat stocks millers and traders can retain. So back in June, to lower wheat prices, India placed restrictions on the quantity of wheat inventories that traders could retain. Over the past four months, wheat prices in New Delhi have increased by 12% due to tight supply, which has been caused by erratic weather. India's wheat crop rose to a record 112.7 million tons this year, up from 107.7 million tons in 2022. You uh, very very rarely do you hear about India and wheat. Uh, nevertheless, they are a big dog when it comes to 
the wheat market or wheat in, in just in general. India is the world's second largest wheat consumer. Uh, China's number one, India's number two. But India is mostly self-sufficient. They don't import much. They don't export much. They're just kind of uh, living in a vacuum in terms of wheat. If this turns into a deal where India does need to buy um, some sort of material amount of wheat, which for them wouldn't be like, I mean, wouldn't be much like if they need to just increase stocks or whatever by five or ten percent that would be huge in terms of the uh, global wheat market so this is something to keep an eye on uh, we've seen this news which i think implies that they'd like to import some wheat but we haven't actually seen it yet so uh keep a lookout for that so last week 11 russian and chinese ships sailed dangerously close to the aleutian islands the ships were tracked by four U.S. destroyers and a P-8 Poseidon aircraft before leaving the area. Experts claim the fleet was the largest to ever approach American shores. Both the Russian and Chinese embassies claim the ships were conducting training activities and that the ship's actions weren't targeting Washington. Russian warships and Chinese research vessels have been spotted in the Arctic before. However, it's rare for them to form up in surface action together like they did last week. Yeah, this is kind of weird. I don't think this means anything for the market right now, but these geopolitical tensions, East versus West, whatever you want to call it, have got to be paid attention to. You just never know what the next thing is going to be. And these geopolitical, when the geopolitics and this sort of stuff impacts markets, uh, markets are always difficult to impossible. This makes it really, really difficult to impossible when you've got these these unknowns when it comes to headlines. So uh, uh, U.S. versus um, China-Russia tensions, I guess. Keep an eye on it. The U.S. economy added fewer than expected jobs in July. According to Friday's jobs report, non-farm payrolls expanded by 187,000 last month, lower than the Dow Jones estimate of 200,000. The unemployment rate unexpectedly, unexpectedly dropped to 3.5%, the lowest level in over 50 years. Average hourly earnings rose 0.4% for the month and 4.4% on an annual basis, both stronger than anticipated. Following the report, market expectations for the Fed to maintain rates at its September meeting increased slightly to an 83.5% chance. So your unemployment rate at three and a half percent is like bottom of the barrel. I know the doomsdayers will tell you, oh, you got to look at the labor force participation rate or whatever. I mean, this is good. The labor market's really strong. Uh, here's the chart of non-farm payrolls, which was totally destroyed by COVID. It's like you can't look at a long-term chart because it's it's got beat up so bad with your 2020 uh, crash and then spike. But this wasn't bad. The market uh, didn't seem to mind this. And now we're thinking a pause from the Fed in September, at least an 85% chance of a pause the way that it looks. Uh, Mackenzie, give us a quick cattle market update. Uh, cattle futures closed higher on Friday. Live cattle futures were an average of a buck 40 higher. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 191 higher on the week. Both live and feeders were up. Cash cattle trade was light, but higher last week. In the Western Corn Belt, cattle traded two to four dollars higher at 188. There were also some sales reported here in Nebraska at 188. That was two dollars higher than the week before. Choice box beef ended the day on Friday at 301.79 that was down 22 cents select end of the day at 276.48 that was down a buck 83. outside markets fairly quiet to start the week us dollars up a little bit uh, stock market is marginally higher the s p's up 10 the dow's up 45 bonds are off uh, crude oil is down 89 cents in the september wti at 81.93 have a great week guys we will talk to you tuesday morning